Hello there and welcome back to the second episode in this second series of my fertility podcast, Making Babies. Any first time is welcome. Um, if you want to listen back to Gabby Logan on episode one, she was really, really fab. Some great guests coming up for you as well. Author Izzy Judd on mental health for Fertility Awareness Week and comedian Jeff Norcott later on in the series two. This episode, it's former Love Island winner Jessica Hayes on baby loss as it's Baby Loss Awareness Week. That is in just a moment, but through the series, there is a lot for you to look out for. We will create a life that we want, whether there's a child in there or not. This is about trusting each other, loving each other and respecting each other. He went and had a full uh, medical with his about his sperm because because of rugby, he'd been kicked quite a lot down there because he said, I didn't want to propose to you and then turn around and say, oh, by the way, I'm infertile. I'd just been diagnosed with fibroids. I looked around four to five months pregnant. You feel like there's an alien inside you just sucking the life out of you. Time is a healer, they say, but I feel like it can be, but at the same time, it's coming up to a year and I think, well, he'd be this old now and it'd be his first Christmas and yeah, it's hard. As usual, I'll be looking at a range of issues from a range of viewpoints. Uh, what part does nutrition play, for example? How can we support our mind? Um, also, sperm donation to relationship struggles. I just hope I'm going to be asking the right questions that you want answered. It sounds really like, strange, doesn't it? Let's go and buy yeah. some sperm. You just kind of do some filtering and you go, right, well, if we both want somebody who's fit and healthy, obviously that comes first and foremost, but you, you just kind of start narrowing your search down. I, I kind of remember the sense of your life being on pause and you're not being able to find proper joy and happiness in, in things around you. And that feeling is so paralyzing. Talking about um, nutrition or talking about sex or talking about being in a bigger body or talking about you know any of these things they all feel like they're a bit taboo if there were any single foods that were, were going to really increase your chances of fertility then that's something that the doctors would be prescribing only around 35 percent of our health including our ability to conceive actually comes down to individual behaviors a huge thank you to CRGW Clinics, my sponsor. With clinics now in Cardiff, Bristol and Swansea, CRGW has been helping to create families in Wales and the Southwest since 2010, priding themselves on putting patients before profits and offering cost-effective treatment. It's a big part of their ethos to care about the way they care. And I can really vouch for that because they've been a part of our journey over the years. Just before we hear today from Jessica Hayes, a little bit of background on me and fertility for those that aren't aware about the podcast and why I started doing it. I'm usually a news presenter. I started this to try to normalise the fertility conversation because we spent seven years trying to start a family, often being told it wouldn't be possible. Against all the odds, it did happen. And we do have our wondrous, miraculous daughter, Jemima, who is now just over two and a half. Hello, everybody. I'm Jemima. So as my guests share their stories, I'll also be sharing a little of our own experiences as well, which I hope you might find valuable in some way. For now, though, that's hello from me, hello from my sponsor and hello from Jemima. It's time to hear from Jessica. It's an emotional listen, I won't lie. Jess really wants to speak about this to help others and open up the conversation. But if it's a trigger for you, then maybe for now, skip to another episode until you're in the right place mentally to get the right things from it. Um, you may know Jess, as I said, from Winning Love Island. She's now a fashion and beauty influencer, but of course life always has two sides, doesn't it? And today Jess talks about her personal trauma. 
She lost her baby Teddy at 19 weeks of pregnancy in November last year. She is an ambassador for the Saying Goodbye charity and as you all hear, although it is clearly very tough for her, she is dedicated to changing the way we think and talk about baby loss and the way society deals with it. How are things now? Because it really isn't that long ago that it all happened, is it? It's relatively recent when you're, you're thinking about grieving for some, somebody. Oh gosh, if I'm honest, um, things at the moment, do you know what? I was doing okay. Um, obviously it happened in November last year. So we're nearly coming up to a year, which feels like nothing to be honest. Like times, mm. it goes so fast, but it feels like yesterday, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's, it's so hard at the moment because I initially kind of felt positive for the future and things like that. And then I had another thing in my life where, so me and my partner um, that I was engaged to, and obviously Presley's dad, we broke up, um, gosh, when was it? In the summer before his second birthday. Um, and that's been really tough. And in, not, I'm not in a great place at the moment. Um, if I'm honest so yeah it's hard it, it's sort of brought it all to the surface again yeah. if that makes sense so I, I kind of feel like I'm going through it again people will really appreciate your honesty in talking about it because it's not it's not straightforward is it and no. um, you've also had the backdrop of pandemic to deal with so it hasn't yeah. you haven't been able to sort of do normal things to kind of help yourself through it either that must have been quite hard with with everything being locked down and so many restrictions in place when all of this was, was going on as well yeah that was so hard like I think when we lost him as well we were just going into it was the end of November and then obviously over Christmas went into another lockdown um and yeah that was so tough um really really tough like like you said you couldn't do the things like to go out and distract yourself and things you were just sort of like locked in with your feelings and it was just and it was a nightmare it really was um and then you know things start to get started to get a little bit easier and then um life kind of got worse after that and I'm kind of just processing all that now and it's just it's really really tough like really tough yeah Presley has you know been that shining light and has really helped you through things when when you've been down what what's what's he bring to your life and and you know the joy he brings you know, is although you've lost Teddy and there's not ever going to be anyone to fill that space Presley's obviously really helped you through some of the the harder times yeah so he has I mean I just like you say you, you honestly don't know how you'd get through without them really I think you know just having to wake up in the morning and you can't just lie in bed and you can't feel sorry for yourself you kind of just have to get on with it and you know they don't really know what's going on so yeah just to see their little smile and you just have to keep going for them and honestly like he they do bring you so much joy and I think without him I, they just if you're going through a bad time they get you through don't they because and you honestly do think gosh if I didn't have them like it would be so hard um, but yeah, he's got me through definitely. Every stage um, of like, you know, time is a healer, they say, but I don't know. Like, I feel like it can be, but at the same time, like, it's coming up to a year, and I think, right, well, it's been a year, and 
you know, you think, what? how old would they be like? You, you sort of like think, well, he'd be this old now and it'd be his first Christmas. And, you know, you see, you see like, you know, people with two, two children or two boys and that is like, sorry. Yeah, it's hard. You, it's, a, it's just a constant reminder of like, obviously what you've lost I guess you've been really open about everything on social media and has that been a bit of an outlet for you to has that helped you do you think um I think so at the beginning like it helped me a lot um when it initially happened um but I feel like now I it's kind of like you feel like yeah, I've always been one to sort of be open and honest, but it kind of gets to a stage where it's like, well, I kind of shut away now almost when I'm when I'm not feeling too great. Um because I feel like when people know the ins and outs of how you're feeling all the time, I, I just think it can not always be a good thing. But initially, like, you know, talking about my journey on there initially was, you know, really helpful. Chance to pay tribute to to Teddy as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you have? Is the other thing that's hard is that? Do you have any answers as to why it happened? Um, has that been explored? Do you know any more about it from a medical point of view, or is that something that's sort of unresolved as well? I feel like it's kind of unresolved. I didn't choose to have a post mortem um, when I had him because I just kind of didn't want you know them doing anything to him it just didn't feel right and um they did a few like blood tests like on the NHS as they do um nothing came of those but I ended up going private and um they found that I had that I've got this gene that and when you look into the gene that I've got I've got two copies of this gene and when you yeah like, as I said when you look into it um you are at more like a higher risk of like things like preeclampsia, um, like having birth defects and also uh, miscarriage and things as well. So I could put it down to that, but then, you know, this, that's not a definite either. Um, and yeah, I just think you just, sometimes you, you could sort of kind of assume that it's something, but you never really know. Um, and that's the hardest thing really. I'd maybe be trying for another baby um but obviously this the situation I'm in right now obviously that isn't happening and you think god will that ever happen and it's kind of just I think that's why it's uh, it's almost like I'm grieving again like grieving that as well so it's like double and it's just all those all those feelings and you just it's just it's a lot how do you feel about you know trying to conceive again it must be I, sh I mean I've experienced miscarriages but but nothing so late on um and just knowing what that feeling is like anyway of of loss of a child or loss yeah. of, a, of a pregnancy it's you know you end up quite fearful don't you about what what could happen if you did get pregnant or you know will that pregnancy survive and um yeah yeah how, how do you feel about the possibility of, of trying to conceive again I'm obviously I'm just so scared like I think 
you know, I'm not in a position to at the moment because I'm, I'm not in a relationship and who knows, I may meet someone in the future. I hope so because, you know, so I'm not with anyone. I still have that dream of having, you know, more children and a big family. Um, but of course, like so scared because the thing is, when it, with it happening so late on and it being so traumatic and, you know, just like the events that happened and, you know, the losing a lot of blood and, and my life being at risk, I'm like, okay, so if I go and conceive for a child, I'm going to be so nervous thinking this is going to happen again. Like, you know, I could get to halfway through my pregnancy, like before then and just be fearful every single day. So I would, I'm scared. Like, honestly, I completely, because in my head, I'd just be thinking, could it happen again? because I never really had answers um so yeah that's that and that will be a whole whole another battle that I'll have to face which is just the 12 week threshold had, had gone and and you were you were getting up to that 24 yeah. weeks as well which is that, such a crucial time in a pregnancy um and I suppose you start to relax a little bit don't you so you know I can't really even imagine you know to get to 19 weeks it, it just how do you how do you even how do you deal with that really it's it's so incredibly hard and and seems so unfair doesn't it yeah and it's it's so unexpected like I know that I'm not saying that you know between one and three months it's expected but I think you really start to relax don't you you know you've told everyone and you've had all the scans and you've you know you you would know what gender it is I wanted to keep it a secret I didn't know until I actually had him um but you know you know all that information and for you, it's just spontaneously happened like that for no reason and so traumatically it's just it just yeah yeah it's, it's hard I mean if you're if you're happy to talk about you know what happened at the time and just really to reach out to other people who might be listening who've been through the same thing and and to talk about the support that's out there as well Mm. from 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 losing a baby in that way um what what kind of support is there when it happens and what happens when you're at the hospital you know how do they make sure you don't feel alone in those circumstances and also in the middle of of a pandemic when people couldn't come to see you as well what was that like yeah so I remember initially going in there when I was bleeding and and my partner at the time he had to drop me off um, and leave and that was initially when we didn't think anything was wrong wasn't too worried was worried but not too worried and then I I kind of um, was in an assessment room and um, you know they were monitoring stuff and everything was fine like the heartbeat was there and um they said they wanted to monitor me overnight though and keep me upstairs and I wasn't really worried at the time they were like you know bleeding can happen it's not a big deal like I'm sure it'll be fine um so I was on my own then and then that night at 10 o'clock um around that time I was kind of quite relaxed and thinking oh I'll be home soon um and then I kind of got up and my waters had broke um at that point when I thought everything was sort of going to be okay and obviously like I panicked and um, like, you know, the people came in and like, were like checking on me and they took me down to delivery suite. And that's when they took me down there that I was allowed to have someone with me. So it wasn't until you're in like delivery suite, like those kind of rules that I've been in for a while, I think, um, that 
he could then come and be with me. So he came and he was allowed to stay. And um, so that was, that was good. I was grateful that obviously someone could be there. I mean, it'd be insane if not, because you can't go through something so traumatic like that on your own. It's just ridiculous. Um, and then we waited and waited and nothing happened. And there was a lot of conversations about what was going to happen and like, you know, bleeding and stuff. So they were quite worried. And then we sort of came to a decision where we knew that he had to be delivered and whatnot. And um, I did then at that point decided I wanted my mum there. Um, I don't know why, but I just did. So they swapped over and he kind of waited in the car park, that kind of thing. Um, you know, and it was over a number of days. And I mean, the support was, I've got to say like the hospital that I was in, the, J the JR in Oxfordshire, they were amazing. Like the, the bereavement midwives were amazing. And they put, took, you know, you go to this room and stuff. And when I lost him, they were so good. Like they brought him into me and they, they took really good care of him. And they um, just, just was so lovely like they really made me feel like you know he was important and I was important and um they then created me up like a little memory box with all these things in and did like his hand prints his footprints um and all that kind of thing so I got to take all that home um and then it was weird though because like as soon as we kind of said goodbye to him it was already like do you want to arrange your own funeral do you want us to do it and it was like Oh God, you know, they're gone and then you're already thinking about that. So um but they were they were really good. But I do feel like as soon as you're home, you kind of get given loads of numbers and well, you know, there's this person you can speak to and that person, but you are kind of just left to deal with it. And I had to take it upon myself to eventually contact um like a therapist to talk to that was a specialist in baby loss. Um and I do feel like that helped. But that's it you know um I've had those conversations with her and I think I need to do um I've kind of left what the last conversation on the back burner which I need to arrange but I feel at the time I felt like I was ready to stop um but I'm not I'm not too sure now I need to sort of address so you know I will then now probably have to go and reach out and find myself a therapist for just an overall everything at the moment you know life life is like that isn't it but yeah so that was the support and I can't fault the hospital enough but you are kind of just left um to use your initiative and you know ring your GP if you feel depressed or you say the hospital were really good were you able to spend some time with Teddy were you able to hold him if you wanted to and was that was that okay yeah so um they were really good so when I originally had him I was so sort of scared of seeing him because I didn't know what it was gonna look like and I, you know it sounds awful to say but you don't know what a baby is sort of you know 20 weeks is gonna look like you're sort of scared and you know you're so heartbroken you just think it's just insane really um and my mum went to see him and she was she I didn't even know it was a boy at the time to be fair and they brought him in and they were like oh it's a little boy and you know that was really kind of um emotional and then he kind of um was in like a little cot thing um next to me and I could sort of be with him as long as I want wanted because they put them in like a cold cot thing um 
and yeah whenever you're kind of ready to say goodbye like you can say goodbye and um yeah it was so hard because it's so weird saying hello and saying goodbye at the same time like it's um must have seemed really surreal because as you say you're saying you're saying hello and saying goodbye all within a matter of such short space of time um and I've just got so much admiration for you because I just it's must just be the pain must just be well so destructive and you know you've you've come you've come through it and you've come this far and you're still you know you're still smiling and you've got Presley and you know yeah you've you've you're reaching out for help as well and, and by talking about it is shows massive strength but also you're going to help so many people who have been through similar things who just feel like it's so awkward to talk about yeah um, I hope so I mean I feel like recently I've kind of just like backed away and I feel like I really want to do more it's hard I think and for it to be classed is like you know I find it hard when people you know a miscarriage and it's almost like it doesn't really I don't know it's weird I hate that term because it's like how could it be a miscarriage when you know um for you to sort of say about the terms and the language to describe it what would you prefer people to say if they were talking to you about it or you know generally in society how should we talk about it because what what shows the most sensitivity what's the best language to use I guess like just you know when I speak about it to me it's like my baby died you know like and that's that's it like bottom line like and I think the term like stillborn and miscarriage and stuff I feel like it really like the term miscarriage I think it's awful because it just it's like oh it's a miscarriage it's not even a baby do you know what I mean that's that's hard when you know that you've given birth to it even though they're small you've given birth to a baby you you know you've held them and stuff but it's still classed as a miscarriage because it's not a certain amount of weeks do you think that should change yeah I do and I think a stillbirth as well like even that term it's like so I just it's yeah I think acknowledging that someone's baby's died is probably the best thing you can do like you know, I have friends that don't necessarily know how to deal with it, but there is one friend that sticks out for me and she's always mentioning him, like, by his name. And, you know, she's like, you know, your two boys or, you know, they. And not everyone does that. And I really feel like as a friend or as a family member, like, to include them is so important because they were a person, like, and they did matter. And I think that's what people need to remember. Like, you know, it was a it was a real person and they are still that person's child, like forever, you know? That's a <laughs> wonderful piece of advice to people to yeah. you know, to keep it sounds so simple, doesn't it? But just keep talking about them mm-hmm. as if they're a part of your family, because to you that's that's so important because they are a part of your family. Um, yeah. and just as you say those little words to say your two boys that, that means so much to you doesn't it it's, it's obvious how much that means to you for someone to refer to your family like that um, so that's a really crucial message I think to, for people listening because it's I think the reason I'm, I do these podcasts isn't just 
for people who might have been through a similar thing to you but it's also for people who've got family or friends or loved ones or colleagues who might know someone who's been been through it and and to make them realize a bit more maybe how to talk about it because it can be really awkward can't it yeah exactly and I think just acknowledging that they did exist is such a big thing and and the person that has gone through that loss will respect you and appreciate you so much for doing that as opposed to just kind of just pretending that they didn't exist because you know that's not the case and I know people find it awkward and hard but the best thing you can do is just yeah acknowledge that they were a person they are a person you know seems simple but it's hard for people sometimes to yeah to phrase it apart from that how else do you personally remember Teddy what do you do um are there things that you do are there things that you've kept are there things that you build into your routine to, to remember him um yeah so as I say sometimes when something's so painful it's so easy to just kind of tr- not block it out as such but it's, it's a hard thing to remember and like to deal with you know um but just like little things like you know on his due date we went um and stayed and went by the sea and um did a few things to remember him um I've got like a memory box um in my room and like Presley often like it's, it's so strange like so there's like I've got obviously his ashes and stuff and um a little book there and sometimes we read his little book and um Presley will like ask for the teddy that's on his little like on his little memory box and ask to cuddle it and he often like is so weird he he'll like he points to the sky and says teddy and stuff and I'm like how do you like even know that and I talked to him about him and you know he knows um and I will say always looking after you and things like that um yeah and I'm in the process of set like obviously we had him um like cremated and stuff and I'm in the process of just setting him up like a little spot like a little garden at the moment um I kind of put that on hold because they always say you know you've got as much time as you want to do that and I've just kind of been taking my time with it um and everyone's different you know some people take it, it just takes time um but there's all always little things like even just buying certain flowers because they're his flowers and I've kept you know things from his funeral and things that I'll always that I'll always have in the memory box and photos and things so yeah there there isn't a day where I don't think about him or kind of do something you know in memory of him kind of thing well you say once you left hospital it was a little bit as though you were on your own with it um so what would you yeah. like to see change with that um yeah I do feel like there definitely needs to be more support um when you leave the hospital in terms of what I just don't know um maybe someone to visit you like your home afterwards to sort of check in on you um just so you're not forgotten because it's just yeah like you know you get the home visits when you have a child and whatnot and your visits and stuff but nobody checks in on you to see how if you're healthy if you're you know because of the pandemic as well it was just phone calls you know 
was to say like there's no health checks there's no is your body okay are you okay like nothing like that so that is a massive thing that needs to change because yeah okay you might have gone through birth like you know a few weeks before before more you know than you should have but your body's still like done a huge thing like it was all the same the baby was just small you know you still have everything else center everything else is the same and it's just there's just no aftercare or follow-up which I there definitely needs to be more of um but you make a really good point that, yeah you know, why shouldn't there be the same checks as there would be for for there isn't and, and just the silly things like I've got I um after I had Teddy I had that is it diastasis recti I know your muscles kind of separate and it's like I'm I've been like going obviously to follow up and start training again after a long time and like knowing that they're kind of still apart and things like just there's no checks like your body still still goes a certain way doesn't it everything yeah. still stretches everything still maybe not as much but you know there's no health checks or anything it's pretty insane I don't know how different it is later on but and I think as I said the terms so like miscarriage and stillbirth um you know 24 weeks it's classed as this totally different like a matter of weeks it the terms change the the laws change your emotions don't suddenly change if you've lost a baby you've lost a baby it doesn't change depending on that week that week's threshold there's so many things and also the, the the pay so like I'm sure if it's before 24 weeks you don't you won't get your maternity pay and things um things like that because I I mean personally I took like three months and being self-employed I was obviously grateful that I was in a position where I could um because work had been good that year but you know not everyone can do that some people might have been in my position many a time and so many people and probably had to go back to work like two weeks later like this insane like no wonder and that then has a knock-on effect to mental health because it sure as how it's affected you know mine and I took the time that I thought I needed and to be honest it wasn't even enough you know so yeah so much needs to change that's something I hadn't really thought about was the maternity pay side of things and how that's treated um that's a really really interesting point and also your family and uh, they're all going through something very similar you know they're all, all grieving as well aren't they and and it's hard for you to know how to support them when they're trying to think how do they support you and and they're all grieving the loss of, of a child as well yeah exactly and it was like my partner had to go at the time had to go back to work but luckily it was Christmas so he could have a bit more time off and I did if I think if I didn't have that I would have been left on my own with a one-year-old and it just it's just weird the whole thing's weird like it's not enough time like parents that have lost a child or you know lost a baby sorry at, at that stage they both should be as allowed, allowed to take as much time as they need but Christmas time must be particularly hard yeah I mean I'm absolutely dreading um do you know what like since I had Presley like it's always been like you know you're so excited for Christmas because it's you know you've got children and stuff and I just feel like there's this just massive dark cloud over like 
this because it's coming up to the one year anniversary in November and then I remember all of December was like grieving heavily like feeling horrendous and then his funeral was the 18th of December and then it's Christmas and it's like I've got all of that sorry and you've got to put a smile on and and folk Presley haven't you yeah I've got all of that to go through this year and so I'm already dreading it like already dreading it a lot um and not only that like I'm on my own as well now so yeah it's just and you know you've already proved how strong you are already so you know you will have Presley there and you'll have Teddy there in a lot of ways as well won't you so yeah exactly I've got to uh look at the positives and you know I do I am a strong believer of like everything happens for a reason and I think one day like it will make sense um but yeah what would you say to people who might be going through this right now or, or very have very recently been through it or also to you know for people's families who are wondering how to to treat that person what to say what not to say uh, firstly I suppose you know um you're really still in the middle of grieving yourself but what would you say to people about that that process D- does it even get slightly easier as time goes by it does like I will say like I think when it first happens you feel like you're in a nightmare and you can get a lot of PTSD and it can be a really horrible time um but I think that time is a healer it really is like it's not so heavy like over time you know things just get easier and easier and easier um there's always going to be times when it's going to come up again or you know you go through another traumatic event in your life or something else happens like it has with me like a breakup and you know that can that can be triggering too but just to keep going because it it's not as hard it's not like this forever it does get easier a million percent you've just got to hang in there and just yeah it, it does get better eventually what would you say to, to friends and family of, of, of anyone who's going through it? What's the best thing they can do to, to support and to help and, and get them through it? I would just say just be there and just be there to listen and don't kind of shut yourself away. Just kind of check in on them um, and just let them know that you're there. And as I said, acknowledge their baby. That's like one of the most important things you can do. Um, yeah definitely that as like I said before like that is a big big one you're obviously quite aware of your own mental health and um when you need to to get some help and some support and um you know are you you doing that and you're seeking that that help out at the moment yeah so I'm kind of taking breaks as and when I need to at the moment um and yeah like as I said, don't be afraid to ask for help as well, because if you feel like you need it, then you probably do. And it's the best thing you can do for yourself for you to heal, um, because it does help. And yeah, I do do really think speaking to someone 
is is so helpful whatever suits you don't be ashamed of it just you know looking after your mental well-being is so important so you just do what you need to do to help well you put a really lovely poem on your instagram account yeah. um, and that's had a big reaction and, and you know people want to read that where can they go to to follow you and um and, and obviously i know you'll you'll post about teddy in the future as well because he's uh, he's being remembered every day so yeah um yeah so obviously i i posted a lot of awareness on my instagram which is uh, jessica hayes um i think it's a x underscore um and obviously i'm an ambassador as well for the saying goodbye charity um and obviously now things are you know coming back to slightly normal and um, they do a lot of events as well so they do remembrance events um so they are definitely worth following um and they help loads of families um that are going through baby loss as well um and hopefully we'll have some exciting things coming up with them too just to to raise some awareness it's not the easiest thing to do to help other people and and help a charity when you're still so recently bereaved yourself so you know thank you for for doing that for other people and and thank you for, for doing this as well I think it you know it really is appreciated when people like yourself open up and and chat about what's gone on and and do it so openly as well thank you for that thank you no I appreciate that and it is hard um and I think I took a step back a little bit but it definitely helps when you can turn your pain into something some, you know something to help others for sure and let's just um finish maybe by talking about um Presley as as well and and yeah. you know how is he at the moment and what, what kind of antics is he getting up to <laughs> um oh he's amazing so he's he's really like talking now and you know the things they come out with and the way they say words I just love it it's so funny um, and he's just turning into a little a little boy now like he's growing up and you know oh, honestly he's such a lovely boy like he's so affectionate and oh he maps my heart I love him to bits um but yeah like we're just kind of just trying to get by with life and just adjusting to like the new normal and stuff obviously it's you know me really at the moment um I'm gonna start him in nursery um so that'd be amazing for him I think I really enjoy that and we need to go on some adventures we I need to book a few holidays and just make Christmas and things just you know really special for him thank you so much for for talking to me um particularly with it being so 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 raw I mean like you say it's, it seems like so much has happened because of the pandemic and everything that's been going on in the world but in your world it's it's only a few months ago that this this all happened so yeah I really do appreciate you um speaking on the podcast to me thank you thank you and thank you for having me as well Yes, thank you so, so much to Jessica and I'm sending all my thoughts to her and her family as the anniversary and Christmas approaches. Just to repeat Jess's social media, it's at Jessica Hayes X underscore. That's Hayes with an E, so H-A-Y-E-S. Um, and I'd also like to encourage you to follow Saying Goodbye Charity, doing such great work on baby loss. Remember, if you have a question about fertility issues, your diagnosis, choices you might be facing, contact me on at Making Babies Pod or at Andrea Byrne TV. 
or maybe LinkedIn, there are two episodes coming up with clinicians from CRGW who are sponsoring this series. And we're going to try and answer questions that you have uh, with the help of the charity Fertility Network UK. So get in touch. I'll be back in a fortnight's time speaking to author Izzy Judd about mental health and mindfulness and coping with infertility. She is, of course, the wife of Harry Judd of McFly fame. And she talks about Harry and how he dealt with things as well from a man's perspective. One quick last thank you to Lens Monkey for doing the graphics for this series. But that is definitely it. I'll say goodbye and thanks very much for listening. <laughs>